This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Going beyond the box score and the diamond. This is the show with the latest news and information on your hometown nine and the entire organization. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Sunday morning from Boston, Massachusetts. Happy Easter weekend to all those who celebrate as we are thrilled to be here at Fenway Park and welcome in our guest on our Sunday show, the Woonsocket Rocket, born not too far from here at Fenway Park, and that is the manager, Rocco Baldelli. Uh, Easter Sunday, what does it mean for you? Uh, it's a day of memories for me as a as a kid, uh, spending a lot of time with family. Uh, we would go to church. We would kind of we'd do the whole day. You know, get get some good food. Everyone get together. Everyone eat. Um, yeah, I also went to Bishop Hendrickson High School in Warwick, Rhode Island, and uh, we would uh, you know do you know spend a lot of time as a group in the community, out doing things. Um, I think it's a day that brings everyone uh, together and. Uh, it's a fun day to be here at the ballpark too. We got another uh, pretty nice day out here at Fenway. Um, you know, a lot of people spending time together on a very uh, important day for a lot of people, so it's very, very nice. Would baseball be a hot topic of conversation just around your friends and family on Easter Sunday? I mean, for me, it was. I, you know, maybe not all of my relatives, but uh, among uh, amongst uh, a few of us, and we'd get together. And the Red Sox were always on in our house. Uh, we would get some of the other games on, whether that be the the Braves or the Cubs. But um, it was more of a, a Boston uh, Red Sox household, not so much a Yankees household, except for maybe my grandpa. Well, how come how come your grandfather was uh, was a Yankee fan and the rest of you guys were all Red Sox fans? Yeah, I, I'm not even sure. My uh, my mom um, on my mom's side of the family, uh, it was her father, and he just happened to always love uh, uh, Mickey Mantle and uh, and a few assorted guys. But he he somehow was able to find the Yankees games. We couldn't get the Yankees games at our house, and we only lived across town. So I'm not sure what was going on there. But um, no, it was uh, it was a situation where we were much closer to Boston too. We Grew up about an hour uh, away from Fenway, um, and you know, again, uh, Nesson was always on, and that's what we would watch. Eight games into the baseball season, Rock. Let's put the wins and losses aside. Anything stand out so far? Eight games in, good, bad, indifferent from watching your team's performance? No, I think we've seen a little bit of everything so far. I think we've seen, uh, you know, some some quality uh, pitching from our group uh, up and down our staff. Um, the offense to this point has been we've been a little bit hit or miss. Um, you know, a little sporadic with our at-bats, uh, not unusual to see early in the season. Um, I think we're far from settled in here. Uh, the schedule is always interesting, and I try not to harp on it too, too much. But, you know, we've been uh, playing for over a week now, um, but our, our game times have been, you know, different. They've been all over the place basically every day, you know, and we have uh, 
an 11 a.m. game coming up uh, tomorrow, too, uh, on top of it all. And, you know, when you're trying to get work in and you're trying to get into a steady routine, uh, you know, for our players, um, it's very, very difficult to do because you can't get in all the stuff that you want to do before all the day games. That being said, you still have to figure a way to go out there and prepare. Um, but I think we've seen a, a group that's coming together. I think our clubhouse has been exceptional, uh, and I think our players are really going to take the lead and, uh, and have a great time as the season rolls on, which I think bodes well for wins and losses too. Glad you brought up the starting staff because we had this note before the game yesterday that the Twins starters so far had a collective ERA of 3-3-1, which was the ninth lowest ERA in all of baseball. And that group, I would imagine, has to be motivated because when you look at the team and everybody wrote about the lineup, how good the lineup could be, the one question mark was the starting pitching. But it seems like that group has rallied and is motivated by that, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised by it with the guys that we have. I was impressed with the way we were able to assemble a staff like this in, in a short period of time. It's not an easy thing to do to acquire starting pitching. Um, but we had some good young guys that we were starting with. Uh, but I think it's a, an excellent mix. And uh, we know that we're going to need... Uh, all of them and then we have Josh Winder on top of that who went out and threw great yesterday out of the bullpen for us and really kept us in the ball game um, uh, at Fenway yesterday so uh, we have a number of guys all at different points in their career all that do kind of a little bit you know they do different things uh, but I think Wes is going to have fun working with these guys this year. Josh Winder uh, chewed up some innings yesterday, did a great job, kept his team in the game, and he was inserted in, into the game early because Sonny Gray left with a with a hamstring injury. Do we know any more about Sonny today? We actually do. I just met with Sonny a little while ago. Um, he came in actually in pretty good shape today. It wasn't uh, severe, uh, you know, challenge, severely challenging to get around or walk or stretch, but he is still feeling it a little bit in that hamstring. So what we're going to do is we're going to put him on the I.L., um, right now, I really do believe that it's going to be pretty close to the 10-day window. Could it be a tick more than that? Uh, yes, but I, I believe that's going to be the case with him. Um, we're going to get a good bullpen out of him uh, during this time and, and make sure that he's uh, doing fine going into his next start. And we're going to activate Cody Stashak, who came here and, uh, and joined us, uh, and we'll get Cody back out there and ready to go. Does Winder then just slot into Sonny's spot in the rotation? Do you go back to five starters now? So as of right now, we're going to stay as is. We're probably going to be bumping our starters uh, up once we get to, to Sonny's spot um, and just continue to work uh, in the manner that we've been working in with the same names. Um, you know, it, it's just more of a shuffle, and we can keep Josh uh, available for us in the bullpen to help us out. And we may do some, uh, some action with Josh like he got – here at Fenway, or we could actually piggyback them depending on how the rest of our guys are feeling and how they're doing. But the plan is for now, at least until you get to May 2nd, when rosters have to be trimmed back down to 26 and pitchers are capped at 13. So sticking with the six-man rotation for the time being? Yeah, I mean, that w when you actually move uh, Sonny out of there, I think it falls. it's going to fall into a five-man um, with Josh available, Josh Winder available to come in and pitch out of the pen. I think that's how I would describe it. Um, but, uh, you know, we know that there's a reason why we acquired Chris Paddock. There's a reason why, you know, we've done the things that we've, we've been doing, and uh, we're seeing it kind of play out a little bit. Luckily, it doesn't seem like a severe issue, but you know you're going to deal with things when it comes to pitching. 
take our first break on our Sunday show. When we come back, we'll talk a bit more injuries and get the latest on center fielder Byron Buxton. That and more coming up. It's Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. And our Sunday show continues from Fenway next on your home for Twins baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with you from Fenway Park with Twins manager Rocco Baldelli. Rock, we touched on some injuries in your first segment. Now let's continue that, unfortunately, but let's get the latest, if we can, uh, center for their Byron Buxton this morning. Yeah, um, Buck has, has continued to improve. Uh, he saw, saw Dr. Wolf, who flew in uh, from Minnesota to come see him and, and examine him. Um, I believe we're dealing with some, uh, you know, it looks like, you know, patella tendonitis or something along those lines that's kind of been forcing this discomfort that he's been dealing with. And we know sometimes that can be uh, severe um, and, you know, it's dealt with some swelling and some other things. So, you know, we're kind of working around treating uh, some of the symptoms right now. But overall, he's kind of given us some very positive uh you know, thumbs up and, you know, his demeanor has been good. It's usually a good sign when guys are dealing with things and they, they come in in a better mood. You can tell they're starting to feel better. It wasn't just the slide, though, was it, on Friday? Is this something he'd been dealing with for, for a few weeks now, just a, a tender right knee? Yeah, he'd been dealing with that a little bit. Um, it's something that uh, these guys play through things. You know, we talk about them sometimes when they kind of cross the line into being some sort of injury. Um, but, you know, we talk about discomfort sometimes and soreness and things like that. Guys guys deal with that. They deal with it every day. Sometimes it's severe and they, they you know, they play through it. Buck is a, he's a, a warrior. He plays through stuff constantly um, and doesn't complain, doesn't probably even mention half of it to anyone. He just wants to play. And uh, I, I think he's going to get an opportunity to get back out there sooner than later. He's still active. We have not IL'd him. We're going to give him a chance to get out there and, and take some swings, hopefully in the next few days, uh, and then we can see where we're at. So maybe some optimism for Kansas City, that, that Byron could come back maybe in that series? Yeah, we don't want to close the door on, on anything. So do I know exactly when he's going to be um, out there swinging again or, or back. I, I can't tell you that at the moment. Um, you know, I, I always like to say all of our guys are available. Uh, is he available today in today's game? I, I don't think he's going to be out there today, but I, I do think that uh, we're going to see him, uh, you know, fairly soon. You mentioned guys are always playing through some pain, whether that's April, whether that's in September. And you revealed something yesterday uh, in your media session that I had not heard before about Trevor Larnick about last year, and Trevor had his ups, he had his downs, his first taste of big league ball. He had a hand injury in September, but that was at AAA, but he was playing through discomfort uh, throughout his uh, first taste of big league ball last summer? Yeah, he was playing through something in his in his hand, and exactly what it was is, is escaping me right now. But um, it's not unusual to see guys not want to mention things at times. And you might see some you know, a swing or two that maybe doesn't look comfortable or look right, but that happens too over the course of the year. And to, uh, you know, really get guys to open up and, and talk about things, they just want to, they want to compete, they want to play, they want to win games, um, and they're so competitive and they want to stay on the field so bad sometimes they don't mention things. And, you know, I think the hand issue for Trevor um, going back last year probably was a little bit more of an issue than he eventually let on. Um, and that's probably a reason why we saw maybe some of the uh, the at-bats and the season kind of went the way it did for him. But he's healthy now, and he's swinging the bat real well right now. 
Great game yesterday, three hits. He drove the ball the other way with power, including a double against a tough lefty in, in Strom. So, yeah, that was a good sign watching Larnick yesterday. Now, Larnick is here because Alex Kirloff is not. Has he resumed any baseball activity with his right wrist, his right hand to swing? So, uh, from what I had heard, I've heard from the training staff, um, AK hasn't started doing any baseball activity yet. Um, I think he's due to let this uh, kind of – I don't know, tone it down a little bit or, or, you know, just kind of lighten up a little bit on the activity, let it rest more than anything, and then and then see where he's at. Injuries across the game, I'm, I'm sure you see the same thing we all do. It's not just the Twins, but everybody is seeing a spike in injuries right now. Any of this surprising with how quickly the lockout ended and camp opened and the season began, the, the, the climb in injuries, any of this surprising to you? Um I think over the last couple of years, we've seen a, a spike in all types of injuries. We talk about the pitchers all the time, but I think the position players are kind of key to this uh, conversation as well. Um, we're kind of, I don't want to say we're, we're ever going to get used to this. It's not, it's not pleasant to deal with. Um, the guys work very hard to stay healthy, but I, I don't think it's surprising if really that's the question. Is it surprising? No. And, uh, you know, with all of the different types of off seasons and, um, lack of ability to prepare in the in the typical way that we're used to, um, you know, it's tough. It was tough to even be organized in your preparation this off season when you couldn't communicate with anyone for months on end. So, is it uh, surprising? No, I think we're going to see uh, some more of this as time goes on. But I think it's how you have prepared prepared your roster and your team depth wise. Um, and how you keep them going through all of it is is what matters the most. And something you hinted at earlier that finding a routine, you know, being able to to establish some night games, night games, and then maybe a day game before you have a day off or a travel day, that will help too, just in terms of treatment and training, getting guys ready to compete. Yeah, normally we like to get our work in, get on the field, get some reps. Um, you know, get your proper amount of uh, time in the cage and, and your drill package in and, and get everything done that you need to get done. Uh, you know, the way to do that before a day game sometimes um, is you have to do it in an abbreviated fashion or you don't do it at all before some of these games. You just have to get ready to play the game when the game's at, uh, you know, 1 o'clock. Um, you're able to do a, a heck of a lot more when you get a night game and you can get your full day in. Final thought in this segment before we take our last break. Getting back to your team right now, something that we've seen so far early on this season, the Twins have yet to throw out a base runner when it comes to the opposing team's running game. How can you guys address that as a team to get better? It's not all on the catchers. It's not fair just to blame Ryan and Gary for the lack of throwing out runners, but how can the Twins just perform better in that area? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest key in this area is actually trying to not allow the runners to go in the first place. It's a lot easier to do that. Um, then if you have a pitcher that maybe isn't as fast to the plate or isn't as adept at holding runners and then just pointing at the catcher for not being able to throw them out, you're absolutely right. It's not just something that you uh, direct at, at the catchers. The catchers also do their part. Um, they are there to help communicate with the pitcher, to help, to help the pitcher be thinking the right things on the mound in addition to going out there and trying to literally throw the guy out at second base. So it's something that we can definitely improve on. But these are the softer, more baseball-type points of the game that, um, you know, it's called being a baseball player. And, uh, you know, part of that uh, on the mound is holding runners and holding the ball and, um, you know, working on your pickoff move and being fast to the plate and a combination of all that, all these things where we would rather guys not go than us being forced to try to throw guys out all the time. 
take our final break. Come back. We'll leave the Twins for a moment and talk about some other big picture topics that have transpired over the first couple weeks of the season. One last segment, Inside Twins, continues next. Brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer on your home for Twins baseball. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Final segment, Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Rocco Baldelli. Friday night, Angels, Rangers. And Joe Madden walked Corey Seager with the bases loaded to force in a run, hoping that he was going to avoid the big inning. And sure enough, the Rangers added two more. Angels came back and won that game. But have you ever thought about that as you've kind of – had scenario after scenario inside that dugout. You've leaned in on your bench coaches. and What do we do here? Has that ever crossed your mind to walk a batter with the bases loaded intentionally? I don't even know where to go with this, Corey, because we could get into a nice long discussion. Have I thought about it? Maybe in some of my dreams somewhere along the way. But you know what? I don't think I've been in, in my short time um, managing uh, in a situation where it truly popped up and crossed my mind in a serious way. Um, could it in the future? Maybe. You, you, you just don't know. Um, I'm sure that, uh, you know, Joe's been managing for a very long time, and I'm sure he's played these types of scenarios out in his head many times over. And I'm sure he's considered it a few times. Um, and this one made sense to him. And truthfully, I'm going to always trust Joe's uh, instincts for the game. I've been around Joe for for uh, many years. Uh, I love him, and I think he's a tremendous baseball man. Um, and I think that this one, you know, does it work out at the end? And is that all we're all going to be judged on? Yeah, and maybe rightfully so. But um, you know, I'm I'm sure that when he goes to bed at night, uh, he's confident that he's thought through these things uh, very well. On the surface, is it is it a one that seems a little um, out there? Always that something like that is going to feel like that. Uh, but, you know, unless you're at the game and you're feeling it out and you know exactly what's going on, I, w- I would withhold uh, comment on, on, anything, on anything further. But you know what? There might be a time where we're actually sitting there in the dugout, and maybe we don't do it, but were you considering it? Maybe so. All right, going back to uh, Wednesday, the Dodgers game, and, and Clayton Kershaw was six outs away from throwing the 24th perfect game in baseball history, and it was a highly, highly debated topic after the game, and that lingered. Uh, the next day, even two days. And Dave Roberts and Clayton Kershaw spoke about it after the game. And Dave Roberts said, I had to do what was best for my player and my team, even though it may come at a price in hurting the sport. And that, to me, I thought was an interesting dynamic because a manager's job is, yes, I want to improve the game and grow the game, but I have to look out for my players and my team first. Was he in a tough spot on Wednesday? So for some in the game, and I would probably put myself in this group, it didn't feel like it was an incredibly difficult decision for the manager. I actually feel the first week of the season, short spring training, veteran player who's pitched many, many years 
at a high level, a team that's their ultimate goal is, and the only goal that anyone over there cares about is winning a World Series at the end of the year. Knowing where they're they're coming from on the Dodgers end, um, keeping Clayton Kershaw healthy and going seems like the most important thing. The challenge is with baseball. Baseball is about memories and moments for a lot of fans and that's how I grew up watching the game too you're watching for the day that you know player x hit three home runs in a game and that memory is something that you keep forever and uh you know Clayton Kershaw throws a you know potentially a you know no hitter say or something like that and and you know you you live for being a part of that you want to live along with the team and that's how I have I have a lot of memories like that but you know Ultimately, it comes down to winning, and ultimately, it comes down to doing something that might be considered a challenge in one way, shape, or form. I, I, I actually believe that it might be harder for uh, for Dave to make that call, um, for you know, from the perspective of the fans, than it actually was for the people in the dugout. I actually think that one kind of made itself. Clayton Kershaw pitched an incredible game. Obviously, the slider was basically an unhittable pitch. Um, and who knows what have, what would have happened if it, if it went forward? But uh, I do think that it was uh, the right call, and uh, you know I, I trust Dave too, and, and what he does. And it's got to be among the tougher calls, not just in terms of potential history, but when you have to make a call on maybe a player that is injured or, or, or nicked up, and he's trying to say, "No, I'm good." Is that among the tougher calls you have to make, whether it's game one or game 162? Yeah, that happens all the time. And that happens in our game with pitchers. That happens in our game with position players. That happens with trying to judge what the right thing to do is for, for a player and for your team. Um, it's That is not an easy thing to do. And, and you deal with those decisions constantly. And you just try to use whatever feel and knowledge and what you learn from talking to the to the trainers and to the doctors and to the player, the player especially, um, and you mix it all together and you, you come up with what you think the right call is. And uh, is it always ultimately, does it always work out the way that you want? No, there, some of these things are incredibly difficult um, decisions, but uh, when the players can play and you don't think they're gonna hurt themselves going forward and you're going to win the ball game, you do what you think is best said rock always appreciate the time great to visit with you once again on your sunday show doing so in person welcome back home and enjoy the game today the pleasure is mine thank you Corey. now we thank you for listening to our sunday show inside twins brought to you by killebrew root beer locally owned and operated it's how memories are created and legends are made you've been listening to inside twins brought to you by killebrew root beer locally owned and operated it's how memories are created and legends are made This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.